Hello, everybody, and welcome back to BestoProps.com, movies and television podcast. As always, I thought this was the D&D podcast. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we haven't started that show yet. But if you want Patreon, get us up to <laughs> Yeah. Give us money. I need food. If we manage to end Dad's game, we'll start it. I just to borrow money from my mom to go get a haircut so I can afford to buy taco shells. That's my life right now. What? <sighs> As you can tell, I'm here. Yeah, Caveman's here. And also is here. The never-ending whir of my air conditioner, because we're getting into summer. And I fucking Seriously, need it. Seriously, it's already like 90 down here, so... Yeah. It is about <laughs> 20 up here, and that is too much for me. Yeah, that's like... 70-something? 70? Yeah, it's in the 70s. Yeah, like down, the low 70s. In, in American temperatures, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will say this a thousand times. We really should switch. Yeah. Am I going to? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm, des- I'm genuinely trying. But seriously, the other day, I set my uh, phone to tell me the temperature in everywhere else, and... I, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why it was 16 degrees outside when I was, like, it wasn't 16 degrees Fahrenheit, it was 16 Celsius. And I was like, no way is it that cold. Because <laughs> I think that's, like, 5 Celsius. Yeah, something like that. Like, well, I, no, wait, 16, 16 Fahrenheit? No, that's, that's negatives. Oh, okay. Yeah, you guys get to zero when things freeze. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, negative 2 And things Celsius. get to 100 when they boil. Makes so much more sense, but I was raised on uh, Fahrenheit, so it's so hard to uh, learn a new system. You know, look, things freeze at 32 because fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, that's the way things is, alright? Yo, we fucking American, we don't gotta make fucking to go sense. Zero's too cold to go outside, a hundred's too hot to go outside. That's how it works. Deal with it. Yo, how many feet are in a mile? Fuck you, that's how many. 3,000 something, I don't really know. I think it's 3,000 something. I I do not care. We're talking about fucking movies and stuff. (laughs) Films and television shows and things. Yes, so I have seen a couple of things that are very big that will put Caveman to sleep. Alright, let me get my pillow. Uh, I will just kind of get them out of the way up front until Caveman either A, starts caring about them or B, sees them. Because one of them, I'm pretty sure he might care about, maybe, kind of. Not in like an actual investment kind of thing, just as in a, just as in a, I need to see this through, maybe, kind of thing. So I saw Endgame. I'll wait for it to come out on Netflix. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then in that case, spoiler-free like, I, let me, overview. Let me, just, let me just get this out of the way. To anyone who's like, how could you not be going to see Endgame? I just don't care about Marvel anymore. And that is 100% they bore fair. Me now. 
They bore me now. The only thing that I'm still interested in is the new Spider-Man movie. Um, and that's pretty much it. Assuming it still exists, I want to see New Mutants. I don't know if that still exists. Yeah, just the idea of a superhero horror movie really appeals to me. Now, Brightburn looks interesting. Brightburn looks neat. From what I have heard, it is it is all right, which I will take. But anyway, so Endgame. Uh, the beginning was fucking great for me. Just this very, like, it, it still had that same kind of uh, like Marvel. Let's try to undercut this stuff with joke. But it was all, but it, but it like that itself was undercut by this just, by this just fucking weight of depression on everything. Just they're trying to make these jokes just to keep, like it felt I felt like they were trying to make jokes just to keep themselves from crying. Which I fucking loved. It was great. Uh, and then Ant-Man showed up and the rest and the, be- the middle of the movie was just kind of a Marvel movie, just kind of eh. But they get to the end and the ending is this fucking massive pander fest of just yo you fuckers like Marvel eat my ass. It was kind of great. Um it kind of reduced Thanos to what Thanos was before before uh, Infinity War. Of just this fucking big bad and not really a character anymore. Which is unfortunate, but... I don't really understand the argument that he was a character in Infinity War. I, I, I really enjoyed him in Infinity War. I thought he was... I thought he, like they gave him... He, he, was, he was more of a person in Infinity War than he ever has been in the Marvel Universe. They tried to give him personality in Infinity War and didn't succeed. In Infinity War, they tried to paint him as this mournful soul survivor, but it doesn't work because he doesn't actually show any remorse at any point. Yeah, because he's not a mournful soul survivor. Like, I didn't get that at all. Like, for me, in Infinity War, Thanos was a psychopath. He, like, his, his planet died, and he wasn't like, oh, I'm a sole survivor. He was more, his existence was just kind of, I told you so. And his existence, his existence and what happened to his planet fueled his own drive for what he thought was right. Which is that half, the half of existence needs to be wiped out. And that's what I got from that. Like his his existence proved the need for his own plan. Except his his own plan was so moronic, though. He has the ability to literally be a god, a genuine, not just a Marvel god, but a genuine god. And his solution is, yeah, just blow out, blow it all up. That works. He can he can fix the the problem that he saw without killing anyone and i just i he's one of my big problems with the marvel universe huh. i i really enjoyed him he was one of the better villains for me at least like like yeah he could have done that but he won't because he's fucking a psychopath but anyway yeah, so also they did an Infinity War, just kind of out the window. 
But overall, the movie was still a satisfying conclusion to 11 years of filmmaking. Which I was actually surprised they managed to pull off. But I will say this. Captain Marvel fucking sucks. What? Not the movie, just the character. I do not like her. Okay. Yeah, Captain Marvel is a rotating haircut that doesn't like genocide, and that's it. (laughs) Oh, that is the best description I've ever heard for a character. They're a rotating haircut who doesn't like genocide. Like, seriously. Yeah, she's fucking strong. You know what else is strong? Fucking a bomb or whatever. Like, she needs to have a character. And, like, her lines of dialogue are snarky comments or or the rest of the universe doesn't have Avengers. She says that line twice in back-to-back scenes that are set five years apart. It is... Ugh. I do not... She is so... She is such this fucking non-entity to me. And from what I've heard of her movie, from what I've heard of like her own movie, that movie doesn't help. Yay. So I will be. So yeah. So yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I hate women. So moving on. Uh, Game of Thrones also ended. I also don't care about that. This big old fart. Like from a technical level, it was fine. They the effects the effects were good. They managed to actually pull off some harrowing scenes that actually like actually like you know elicited emotional responses that weren't just that weren't just anger or dull surprise. But at the same time, everything was incredibly unsatisfying, and it was paced like a fu- it was paced like a kid trying to finish a short story the day the- before the short story was meant to be finished like how i used to write short stories we're just all right i'm going to spend fucking 3 weeks in the build up all right we got this awesome we got this awesome oh shit it's due in an hour uh, everything went die at the end like the characters the characters who survived ended up where people felt like they should have ended up uh there was I heard that um uh what's her name? Dragon bitch. Uh Daenerys. I heard she went psycho. Yep, they've been setting that up forever. Okay. Yeah, she... what like I have heard some interesting comments on how she was ultimately dealt with. Oh no, like she was and... all like the way they handled her actually going crazy was terrible. Yeah, but Apparently, some people are upset that the psycho that killed thousands of people was killed. No, yeah, like she, yeah, she should have died. She, like, and the way that I they, just, the way that the way that they killed her, while unsatisfying, was understandable. And like that whole, like the whole, like ending thing, it had a, it had more than its fair amount of symbolism in it as to what as to like what actually was everything that happened. So. We'll just get into spoilers for this because fuck it, it's over. So yeah, um, so yeah, Daenerys, after essentially nuking a city, 
uh, goes to go sit on the Iron Throne with her fucking dragon just hanging out. Um, then John, her nephew slash fuckboy, rolls up and is like, hey, you nuked the city. And she's like, eh, that's fucking cool, dude. Everything's gonna be great. So John stabs her. And she dies. Then her dragon comes in, fucking nudges her body and whatever, and is like, oh, she's dead. Looks like she looks like he is about to nuke John and then burns the Iron Throne to, to fucking metal. Like just a fucking liquid. For symbolically, what killed her was her drive for the throne and the whole Game of Thrones thing, and not actually John. Whoa. Yeah, it I'm getting, is. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> you are actually. <laughs> like just straight up, that is that is better. I am proud of you. Yeah, and then he fucks off into nothing. Uh, but yeah, just it is the build up to her actually losing her fucking mind was real slapdash and just kind of this needs to happen now. Because yeah, like Tyrion actually points this out. They have been building that up forever. Like it started out like uh, fucking one of the first big things she does is. Like, like one of the first big things she does that actually like engenders people to her and makes them like want her to be want her to be their ruler is she burns a bunch of dudes alive. Hmm. Yeah, like uh, the the calls, uh, like the leaders of the various Dothraki hordes, they all are, they're all like, hey, Khal Drogo's dead. All his shit's mine now. Fuck you. So she sets them all on fire and then walks out of the fire with her fucking dragon and walks out of the fire and everyone's like, yeah, okay, she's cool. And then kind of from there, her modus operandi has been go into city, find people that are bad, burn them. And her definition of what's bad has been slowly getting closer and closer to just anyone she doesn't like. And given that her dad was the Mad King, that has always been a thing that has been in the background of just, yeah, she's burning all these people alive. She's doing all this awesome stuff, friendly people. She's kind of going crazy. And so that has never been a, this has always been where this has been going. The problem that I heard people had with it was that a man killed a woman and then played the victim. And normally I can understand that. Normally that's bullshit. In this case, the victim killed a psychopath. Yeah. And it wasn't so much a, like, it wasn't really a he played the victim kind of thing. Like, he was fully intending to die for what he did. It's just everyone else was like, yeah, she was insane. He did the right thing. Meanwhile, her soldiers are like, no, kill him, please. We need this. Our non-existent balls need the release. Yeah, it was just a very... It was a very, uh, it was an understandable but unsatisfying conclusion to an to an eight year long series, and that's just kind of where it all sits. Just Game of Thrones started out as a really good show based on a really good book series, that then turned into a pretty good show based on the notes of a really good book series, and then became what two not great writers wanted to do with a with a fucking very good book series. Game of Thrones is done. Woo! 
It ends with the North seceding with next to no problems. A potentially immortal god being becoming the king of the six kingdoms. Uh, Jon Snow, the rightful heir to the throne, just going north and hanging out with fucking wildlings. And then Arya, the the fucking shape-shifting murder, na- murder lady, becoming a fucking sea explorer. That was the that was the thing that made the least sense to me. Just just like Sansa, she's wanted to be queen from the fucking jump. So to become a queen of the North, that's understandable. John, he ever since he was sent to the Night's Watch, that's where he's felt the most like himself. Bran, sure, he's God now, whatever. Arya. Her entire arc her entire story has been about her getting progressively better at killing things. And the cap for her story is I'm a go sail west of Westeros. I'm a pirate. Kinda. Just, just what? Like, fuck it. God damn it, dude. Like I said, like her entire arc has been, I'm a be murder, I'm a be the best murderer ever or whatever, and then nothing ever comes of it. She doesn't use her murder powers to kill Cersei. Doesn't use her, doesn't use her murder murder powers the entirety of this season. And then it's just, I'm gonna go west because the maps end here. So I guess get ready for that Arya Stark spinoff. Fucking. Sky Captain or whatever. Whoa. Whoa. No, I, I, it doesn't even deserve that much effort. Ooh. Like, yes, Game of Thrones was brilliantly written. Certainly wasn't towards the end. And I didn't care about it when it was brilliantly written. Because I don't enjoy stuff that's that dark. Yeah, that's the thing. I do. Like, if this had have gone 100% fucking nihilism cynical, like, if, like, what would have been a satisfying end to fucking Arya Stark? Well, not, not, not really satisfying, but what, have, what would have been a better end than what we got was she fucking uses her fucking shapeshifting powers to go kill Cersei and gets, gets them down to the fucking tunnel where they're going to escape, finds out they can't escape, goes to kill Cersei, and then gets crushed on the rocks that kill Cersei and Jaime. Arya's story ends under a pile of rubble in a hole in the ground with the two people she hated the most. That would have been amazing. It would have been about it. It would have been like a more satisfying conclusion than than fucking I'm a sailed Ixalan or whatever. But. uh, Like, hell, I would have fucking liked it if fucking. Like when when Drogon the dragon went to go burn the fucking throne, John was standing in front of it, so he got fucking burnt to cinders along with him, along with it. Just ashes to ashes, fucks to fucks. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Game of Thrones. My thoughts on games of Game of Thrones. They should have probably taken a hiatus and waited for the proper ending. But then we never get it. <laughs> 
See, I I would prefer to be able to blame no ending on a writer who decided to die before he could finish it because he decided I'm going to write for a video game instead of working on the books everyone wants yeah. to see. George R. R. Martin's going to get crushed to death in a cheesecake factory before he can finish those books. No, I honestly think he's just a spiteful demon inhabiting <laughs> a humanoid form. And is like, no, no, I will write the second to last book in 17 years. And then I shall fake my death. And I'll never write the last chapter. <laughs> so him and Ichiro Oda are going to go buy an island and just disappoint people the world over. <laughs> oh, God, that would suck so hard. <laughs> They're going to get joined by the Hajime no Ippo writer later. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that's Game of Thrones and fucking Endgame. Now let's spend just as much time talking about those two things as we do talk about... I fucked up my own joke. Detective Pikachu, everybody. Oh, Detective Pikachu! <laughs> So, hey, we finally have a good video game movie. Yes! Oh my god, yes! Okay, sorry. We finally have the second good video game movie. What's the first one? Mortal Kombat. Ish. I love Mortal Kombat. I do too, but I don't think it's a good movie. I think it is as good of a Mortal Kombat movie as one could make. Fair. <laughs> I will give you that one. Um, like, if we are judging it so, like, if we are judging it on like the basis of, hey, this is a good movie, then yeah, Detective Pikachu is a better movie than Mortal Kombat. I think. Well, no, it's a bit of a toss-up, actually. Okay, so first question: Are we doing spoilers? Going forward, spoilers for Detective Pikachu. Okay. So. So. so hey, I, like, there is I, one thing that made me mad in this movie, and what's that? They didn't include my favorite Pokemon. And which one is that? Metagross. I don't even know who that is. Uh, I fell off Pikachu after I fell off video, I fell off Pokemon like like actually paying attention to Pokemon after the game that came out after the first games. So gold and silver. Yeah, after that I stopped caring. Cuz like cuz like that was around the time where like I was still like I, I wanted to get, I wanted to like Pokemon because Pokemon was the thing that people were into. But I was, but I was like playing it. And I couldn't like fucking put my finger on why I didn't care about this. And the main thing that drove me away from it was from the fact that it is random goddamn encounters. Yeah, I despise uh, random encounters with every fiber of my being. I like them in certain games. It's situational to me. And it's then entirely situational to me. And then uh, like. And like, also back then, I didn't have really any patience for anything. So, without having a clear direct line forward, I eventually just like lost interest and fell off those games. Oh, well, at least you were able to enjoy the movie since it was mostly centered around stuff from Gen One and Two. No, like, it, like, like a, like a, they were of course going to like fucking put it around Pikachu, and B, I don't need to know the Pokemon to enjoy the movie. Yeah, but it's nice to be able to catch the references. Uh, but anyway, um, the one thing that I didn't like is that a uh, girl character obviously had Misty's uh, Psyduck. Well, yeah, she had Misty Psyduck, but then also the fact like it was a joke that I that I that kind of worked and didn't for me. 
because the there movie were times when it worked like like really the movie itself well. was a like the movie for those that don't know is a neo noir movie with Pokemon. Yeah, uh, and it's it's really well written, and I am very glad that they cast Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Detective Pikachu. Yeah, because he was wonderful in that role up until a certain scene. Yeah, he was fantastic in that role. Too bad he was paired up against Justice Smith. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. I do not like him. I I think he was okay. Like he is playing he, his his main shtick appears to be the type of comedy I hate the most, which is awkward yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah, he does a lot of the awkward comedy, which is. Uncomfortable, but thankfully most of his comedy, like, he, he isn't the central focus of the humor for the movie as far as I'm concerned. No, but, like, like when he plays off of Ryan Reynolds, I think they work well together. But but, yeah. but, but that, that is more Ryan carrying justice than them actually working really well together. Also, uh, just going to say this, uh, another point for interracial relationships in this movie. Yeah, totally. And I'm talking about the black guy getting the white girl. <laughs> that too. I'm not. I'm not talking about Ryan Reynolds banging a black chick. White guys get black chicks all the time. Yeah, actually. Yeah, they don't. They don't really go the other way. Well, except actually, for like save the last dance and who's coming to dinner. Birdie actually pointed out one situation where that happened before, and you'd know it as well as I do. Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. The helicopter pilot guy. Oh fuck! Right. Yeah. And like Fuck, we didn't even right. think about it because they didn't make it like oh it's this big thing. Yeah, because that's because in Power Rangers race doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, hey, plus one for Power Rangers keeping that fucking racial diversity going. Yeah. Power Rangers, the most progressive show ever. Fuck all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I thought it's he called did progressive really well, Rangers. and I. I really liked the dynamic that he had. Um, there, wa- there was actually one other issue that I had with the film. And that was that they kind of gave away the deeper connection between him and Pikachu really early on. Yeah, so like, actually, that was the thing. So, before they actually, before like the, before they, so at the beginning of the movie, I thought I, thought I actually had figured out what the ending was before. But it turns out I got the wrong ending. Ah, because, because, like, what happened was he, like, fucking sprayed that fucking juice in his face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it made the fucking, it made the fucking A-palms go mad or whatever. And so what I thought the ending was going to be was Pikachu would end up getting possessed by that, would end up getting affected by that stuff. I'd start going on a fucking rampage trying to fucking kill him. And then he'd fucking, through the power of friendship and heart, bring him back. And then the two of them would fucking save the day and beat the bad guy. See, I thought, I actually thought something else. I thought when he got all that gas up his nose... That he had somehow gained the ability to speak to Pokemon, and specifically like the next Pokemon he really encountered, which was the Pikachu. Yeah, same kind of thing. But like that was like that would that would you know instigate their friendship or whatever, and then that would and then that would be ultimately what saves them at the end because it's Pokemon. Pika pee. Yeah, Pokemon um, is Pokemon is about fucking friendship overcoming all adversity. Yeah, except for dog fights. Uh, so. We should, at the beginning. Okay, so main character boy uh, Tim is hanging Goodman. out with his... What? Tim Goodman. Okay, Tim is hanging out with his friend 
who is basically like if Ash never grew up. So basically Ash. Yeah. Only Indian. Yeah. But also like 30. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he like they're out, he's out like, hey, we're going to go on an adventure like when we were kids. And they like they hear a fucking Cubone wailing his eyes out. And Tim just like, you want me to catch a Pokemon, don't you? It's like, what? You don't want to have one? And it's weird, dude. You're a loser. This will help you. No, fuck you. I have a job, man. Yeah, he has a decent paying job. Yeah, I'm an insurance broker, motherfucker. I need, I have bills to pay. I don't got time to be fucking around with no thing wearing its mom's skull. Yeah, he makes a joke about that, but, uh, so he fails to catch the Cubone. Naturally. Actually kind of hilariously references that rage you get when you throw a Pokeball and the Pokemon's just like, fuck you, I'm breaking out. Yeah. Only instead of rage, it turns very quickly to fear. Yeah. And he's instead angry at his friend. Yeah. It also is kind of horrifying. Yeah. Like, like before when it, like in, you know, the fucking games in the show or whatever, when you, when you fucking put a Pokemon in a Pokeball, it just bounces off them, little laser comes out, turns them into energy or whatever, and then sucks them in. With this, the Pokemon. Yeah, and this, it's like a fucking horror movie, the Pokemon running away from an all-consuming monster. Yeah, it, it, like, the Pokemon just fucking runs, the ball hits it, and then the ball opens up to this, like, fucking voracious maw vortex thing sucking it in as the Pokemon is, like, grabbing the ground, trying desperately not to be pulled in. Yeah. There were some decisions that I didn't agree with in this movie. Um, but no, actually, it it all kind of feels intentional because and because that's like the why main I have problems with because it. the main thrust of uh, the story, it like the setting is that uh, the guy who fucking made the the guy who made the main city, Rhyme City, where the movie takes place, made the city with the intent of doing away with like fucking Pokeballs and uh, and like Pokemon battles and shit. Essentially, what every evil team in Pokemon wants to do just make the world better for Pokemon. Mm, no. Okay. Team Rocket wants to collect the most powerful Pokemon. Um, Team Aqua and Magma want to convert the world into either all water or all magma. Which, yes, is to benefit Pokemon, but really they're just terrorists. Uh, Team Plasma claims to want to help Pokemon, but really all they want to do is separate people from their Pokemon to gain power. I don't remember what the baddies in Sun and Moon want. Okay, step all over my perfectly perfectly broad joke with facts. Sorry, you're talking to a giant nerd who's a huge fan of Pokemon. Yes, you're talking to a giant nerd who makes fun of nerds who like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> I spent my time over here with real games like Digimon. Slivers! Slivers! <laughs> hey, slivers aren't Pokemon, they're cancer. Yeah, you spend your time over there with real games like Digimon Cyber Sleuth. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, hugging my Agumon, hugging my Agumon plushie or whatever. <laughs> oh man, dead Digivolve into sad dead. <laughs> oh man, I didn't get enough happiness points. I didn't get the living skull Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> Sad dead. Use negative review. <laughs> it's ineffective. <laughs> Shit, too many nerds actually enjoyed this piece of crap. <laughs> but no, uh, so 
he like goes home and it's like he, he gets to work and he sees that he's got a bunch of messages, listens to them, and find out his dad is missing, assumed dead. Yep. Uh, so he goes to Rhyme City, and honestly, the place looks a little dystopian to me from the beginning. Like, awesome. sure, there's a bunch of Pokemon going around, but there's everything's gray. There's there's a fair bit of exhaust coming out of some of the vehicles. The Pokemon are forced to have jobs. It's <laughs> so, like, what kind of world is this? What, why man? does the poke? Why is there a Pokemon crossing guard? Your fucking dog needs to pay rent. Exactly. That's a bit of an issue. What, would you rather um, have him be in a dog fight? And the biggest issue that I have with this is... Oh, do you not have a Pokemon partner? Ugh. <laughs> okay, I get it. It's big in the Pokemon world to have a Pokemon partner. But seriously, guys? Okay. Yes, it's weird. In Pokemon, it's like walking around without a leg. Okay. Except you, um, the, the, the metaphor doesn't work. You have to choose. I'll work on a better metaphor. Or I guess that's a simile. In the Pokemon world, it's like walking around without a shirt on. There you go. Some people can pull it off, but most people should just, you know, go pick up a Charmander. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice you shouldn't make. <laughs> um... And he goes to the police, and we get to see how much of a dick Tim is. Yeah, he is a he is a real shit, he's a real shitbag. With he when it comes literally to said, "Now, I'm of two minds about this, like I am on a lot of things, because it could be that that's his way of initially coping with the fact that his dad is dead. He's distanced himself from his father this whole time because his father left him to his grandmother after his mother died, instead of continuing to stick around to support him." So he's distancing himself from it, just like his father distanced himself from him. However, the guy he's talking to is his father's friend and is like, look, we're all here for you. And instead of responding, he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm here for you. He's like, just give me the key so I can go clean out his apartment. There's no body. Yeah, no body. There's literally no body. And he's just like, yeah, no, I just, I don't care that he's dead. Or might not be. Just give me the key so I can get his shit out of your way. I'm just like, okay. Um, we get to the apartment, meet love interest. Yep. Uh, who is absolutely lovely. She was a lot of fun. She is. Trying her best to pull off a smoky 1950s femme fatale reporter. And failing at every step. And yep. it's adorable. Uh, it's absolutely I found adorable. it annoying. I thought she was fun. Like, she I liked was- her. She was fine when she wasn't trying to be fucking, when she wasn't trying to fucking, like, like walk, like, fucking walk through a P.I. door. Oh, yeah, no, that part was annoying. I'm talking about the rest of the character. The rest of her, she was fine. Like, the rest of her character is great and kind of depressing at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> her whole thing is she wants to actually be a news reporter. Yeah, but instead she writes fucking listicles. Yeah. She she's one of those people who's doing these crazy five minute craft videos. Yeah, spent all these years in journalism school and work at BuzzFeed. Uh, spent all these years studying journalism and uh, being a critic, only to wind up on Death Door Prods. <laughs> Study. <laughs> 
Wait, I didn't study. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. Like, come on, uh, I know she's you. She's partnered with a Psyduck who is literally a bomb. Yep. Like we said, it's Misty Psyduck. Yeah, like this, uh, this movie was made by people who know what Pokemon is. Which is, sadly, more than more is than to be expected from other video game movies. Yeah, uh, main character uh, Tim goes up to his apart goes up to his dad's apartment, uh, rifles around and accidentally uh, snorts some weird uh, chemical substance that messes with his head and the heads of other Pokemon. Yeah, it sprays out the window, gets into a fucking horde of apoms who are apparently just infesting this apartment building. Uh, goes to get himself cleaned up, comes out to find Pikachu, threatens him with a stapler, which was one of my favorite scenes of heroism from him. Yeah, and then the scene from the trailer happens. Yeah. Um, uh, fast forward, they're bantering, learning to uh, love each other. He eventually gets in contact with Pretty Girl again. They start working together, share information, and then the best scene in the film happens. He's down at the docks, and they find his father's informant. Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime. And they they take him away to a warehouse, and they're like, how the hell are we going to interrogate this guy? And then Tim's like, wait, I know. And he starts miming along with Mr. Mime. And he mimes pouring gasoline over me. I hate Mr. Mime. Like, as a concept, as a Pokemon, he annoys the <laughs> shit out of me. So, he's pouring... And Mr. Mime is freaking out, because he's in this little invisible box. And then, you know, Tim's, like, striking matches. Mr. Mime's blowing them up. And I would like to say this. One of the reasons I hate Mr. Mime is because I studied miming for years. <laughs> I studied a lot of street performing because I live in New Orleans. It's how you make money if you don't have a job. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That tracks. So. How much money do you make off like, miming? Not much. You make more money off of being a living statue, but it gets really hot. Yeah, I'd imagine. It's New Orleans. Yeah. Um, he, so he leaves and then he strikes the match and he's like, give us some answers or else I'm lighting this trail of gasoline that doesn't really exist. And so Mr. Mime mimes some answers and then he casually throws the match away. And Mr. Mime acts like he's dying, and I cheered in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Because it was hilarious to me. Yeah, one of the best things they kind of do with Tim is, um, like, T Tim was established, Tim was established as, when he was very young, he was a, he was one of those kids who's like, I'm going to be the very best. He was fucking Ash, whatever. And then, because of the shit that happened with his mom and his dad, he eventually dropped off Pokemon. But he still has that knowledge, so he actually is pretty good at being, like, a at, you know, working over fucking Pokemon for information because he knows a lot about them just kind of through his past. Then they go to a battle arena and we find out that Pikachu can't use his moves, you know, for the later revelation of I can use my moves when it's really important uh, in the movie. Uh, they find out information about a doctor, go to secret laboratory, and it takes them way too fucking long to realize that they're like, okay, so there's this experiment where they're improving the growth of, turtles. I know the name of the Pokemon. What? Improving the, improving the growth of turtles. They're not turtles. 
Bitch. I know this. They fucking turtles. Not turtles. Well, they're they're, they're turtle-ish. Uh, Torteras. Oh, sorry, they're tortoises. Torteras. Um, and, like, it's a Torterra garden where they're gi- growing giant Torteras. And then they go out, and they're being chased by some rabid Greninjas. Um, I think they're Greninjas. I don't yep, they're Greninjas. Uh, so, Pikachu, who earlier had to rub Psyduck's feet because Psyduck was threatening to nuke them. Which, yes, please, that's hilarious. Um, and instead, Pikachu's like, wait, you're a bomb. I'm going to piss you off until you use Psychic. So, Psychic, which wakes up all of the Torteras. And then they have, like, a 20-minute sequence of running the fuck away. Yeah, which, while, like, Without invent- realizing that it's a fucking Torterra. Yeah, and, like, that whole scene is, like, real real creative. Like, the way they use the, the, way they use the environment is interesting and, like, the way that it's shot and everything. It's all really cool. It shouldn't have been 20 fucking minutes. It wasn't really long, 20 minutes, but it was a long really it was. long It felt sequence. way too long. It was far too long. It was far too long, and they kept redoing like segments that they had already done. It's like, oh, we did the fall down scene three times. Let's do it three times more. Yeah, it was way too long, all for the eventual fucking, like, all for the eventual payoff of, oh, no, Pikachu is dying. Yeah. Uh, then... Uh, Tim finally understands that Pokemon understand you if you speak from the heart. They get, they hear your feelings. Uh, and convinces a Bulbasaur to get them help. Only twist! That Bulbasaur was actually under the control of Mewtwo, who, double twist, uh, employed Pikachu to bring the sun to him. Okay. Because by the way, Mewtwo. Triple twist! By the, way, Mewtwo's the bad in guys this. are actually here to capture Mewtwo. Yeah, Mewtwo's in this. We forgot to mention that. We kind of we kind of started after the opening scene. Yeah, but eh, it's Mewtwo. <laughs> it's like it's Gen One. You expect Mewtwo. Um. So Pikachu assumes that he was a bad guy. Yeah, he yeah in his head he like when they fucking like saw some memories or whatever, uh, he saw himself helping free the Mewtwo, and so he's like, "Oh, bitch! I fucking betrayed Harry." So he runs off. Uh, Tim, finally acting like a hero, decides to go back into town and like warn the guy who told him go find Harry to uh, that his son was the villain all along. Um, yeah, and he's like shock, bitch. He ain't. Pikachu finds out, like, gets to the crash site and finds shards of Greninja stars, which whatever. Uh, I thought those were water or ice, so they would have melted in the days since. But sure, they're glass for some reason. They uh, hmm. also. Why wasn't that your first port of call? Because this movie, like, here's the thing: the idea of a Pokemon movie being a neo noir is fucking cool. Like, just just kind of like. That, it's a way that they should handle like movies like this. They shouldn't just go like, "Hey, I'm gonna be a trainer." No, it just fuck that. Pokemon. Yeah, no, that would be boring yeah. ass movie. Yeah, it's the world. Pokemon are in it. Tell a different story. Yeah, and like it was a brilliant story, well told. And I just yeah, I had that it, little issue. With well, now it it was it was a it was a decent story told, not super great. 
I think it was told well. Like like the like the main like the main problems I kind of have with it is like like I it may just be me. Let, it may just be me. Let's but for like let's finish the description. You can formulate your thoughts and like culminate at the end. Okay. Um. So turns out that uh, the guy who was obviously the villain is obviously the villain. Bill Nye. No way. He would yeah. never be the bad uh, guy. He was crippled by his illness, so he used a mind control harness to put his brain into Mewtwo's body. Yep. Um. Oh, sorry. Almost not, killed. Sorry, not put his brain into Mewtwo's body. Project his mind into Mewtwo's body that requires a constant connection. Yeah, so when you die, Mewtwo's going to be free and probably going to undo what you did. Yeah. Uh, or, anyway. yeah, or if someone walks by and accidentally kicks the plug. Or, you know, you're not getting food, moron. He's got, he's got, like, a, he's got like a fucking anyway, needle so, bag or something. I don't uh, know. He put a lot of gas in some balloons, and that gas makes Pokemon susceptible to the fusion technique, where he literally put converts the, the trainers into energy and puts them into the Pokemon's body, yeah. overriding the Pokemon's consciousness with the trainer's consciousness. Yes, he spent his life bringing Pokemon and humans together. Now they have the ultimate bring together. Uh, Pikachu uses his moves to beat him. Um, the son, who was the, ooh, he's actually not a villain character, helps Tim defeat a supercharged Ditto. Okay. Which I, that was like, the Ditto was actually really well done. Yes, it's just the ultimate defeat of the Ditto that bothers me ever so slightly. Yeah, the ultimate and defeat. It, like, like, I argued a way for it to make sense, but they didn't do it in the show, in the movie at all. Yeah, the other yeah, get rid of the Ditto thing was a bit bleh, but the way that they actually like seeded the idea that the, that it was the Ditto the entire time was fucking fantastic. Yeah, no, that was really well done. Like, uh, like cause, then, cause like at the beginning when they when they introduced us to our kind of like two like our like our Bill Nighy and son, uh, as Bill Nighy's in a wheelchair and as he's being wheeled off, a Ditto just kind of like stru- like like shoots up, morphs into a person, and then kind of walks off with with the guy, and then from there we just kind of see. Uh, his main henchman, who's this lady with like these very like bright pink gloves, and then after a certain always po- wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and then after a certain point, whenever you see the sun, he's also always wearing sunglasses. The same pair. Yeah, because take those off, they got the ditto eyes. Just creepy as fuck. Creepy as fuck. But um, so Tim's like, "Hi, bad guy, unplug." And, like, he's in the middle of freaking out and transfers and still freaking out in his chair. Um, Mewtwo and Pikachu start falling, and then Mewtwo catches Pikachu, because we can't have a hero die. Yeah, Um, never. What is this, Game uh, of Thrones? And and then Mewtwo's like, I shall reverse this, and in a fraction of a second, undoes everything that was done. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Like what actually like that tells me is that guy had no control over Mewtwo. None whatsoever. He, he was accessing a fraction of Mewtwo's power. Yeah. Like um so yeah, getting to that ending. Noir stories like outside of like fucking Kiss Me Deadly. They usually have a more more often than not it's about real estate. 
except for Kiss Me Deadly, which is about a nuclear-powered briefcase that may or may not kill everyone who looks at it. Okay. Kiss Me Deadly's weird. But anyway. um, What about the Maltese Falcon? I think they're just about real estate or fucking Nazi gold. Okay, so you have a problem with this version, their take on it? Yeah, I have a problem with it because it feels like a superhero movie, almost. Real, like at the end, it really feels like a superhero flick. Yeah, like like if this, it feels if, like it feels like Thor going up against Thanos. If this had have been a more noir movie, like yeah, they still have Mewtwo in there, but they're using Mewtwo for profit or something, like some kind of like actual thing of like drug profit. Yeah, like, like drug Which profit they were already or, doing like, like drug profit or say the whole like main thing is that hey, the dad like fucking spends all his time fucking building up this thing, and then and then it's like oh wait. I can make a lot of money off of Pokemon battles. But like, like, or, or, or say, like, hey, he started out not being in a wheelchair, built that city, and then in the early days, something horrible happened, like, say, some kind of team of terrorists or whatever that are, like, working for Pokemon benefit or whatever show up and are like, hey, fuck you, and then blow him up, and he blames that on Pokemon or whatever, and then he's like, okay, I gotta fucking build this right so that I can fucking bring back Pokemon battles bigger and better than fucking ever. Make me a fucking mint, because fuck Pokemon. I'll use all of this gas and slowly seep it into the city until every Pokemon is rabid almost 24-7, and then convince people that not only do they have to keep them in their Pokeballs, but the only way to calm them down is to force them to battle. Something like that. Something that was a lot more base than... Then I'm going to be. Then I'm going to fucking be the Jesus of Pokemon people. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding, noir stories usually don't end as happily. No, like I don't. I'm not saying like we need. To, I'm not saying we need a fucking depressed ending. I'm saying. I'm saying it needed to be more of a. It needed to be more of a small scale thing. Like, 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 it, like, yeah, we've got this big conspiracy. Fucking dad dies or whatever. And then they begin actually following the clues. They talk to the fucking Pokemon, and then it leads them to the fucking play, leads to the fucking underground fight rings or whatever, which then leads them to the doctor, which then leads them further and further up and stuff. And so it, and so it is less of a... And so, like, they have this fucking insane idea of what the actual plan is, but then they get to, like, discovering what the plan for real is. And it's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to fucking turn all these Pokemon Rabbit or whatever and then buy this fucking block and then turn that block into a fucking fighting arena. Yeah, like that would I think that would have been a much better like ending because you're you're completely right. It turned into a superhero movie. However, we had had one battle before and one of the Pokemon didn't use any moves at all. So it is a Pokemon movie. You kind of got in got to get in some Pokemon moves. Yeah. So he fucking fights the Ditto. Oh, that would have been badass. Yeah, the Ditto is fucking, like, turning into, like, all these different Pokemon, and then also fucking dudes who do, like, no fucking martial arts or some shit. Like, that would have been cool, too, because you could have had it be, like, he he tricks the Ditto into turning into a water type for a minute, and then uses the water-soaked arena to electrocute the Ditto until it just dissolves into a puddle of its own goo. Yeah, and then and then going that on... That would have been a better ending. Yeah, and then going from there, they turn the fucking arena from a fighting arena into just a regular sports arena, where fucking human and Pokemon team up for fucking, like, I don't know, polo or something. Or, you know, have battles. Because Pokemon enjoy battling. Mm. It's what they do in the wild for, you know, recreation. When they don't have to eat each other, it becomes something they do for fun. Yeah, I... 
That's still always been weird to me. Like It's like football. Yeah, that's also weird to me. <laughs> True. Um but yeah, the 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 reason I brought up the don't they usually have a sadder ending is and Ryan Reynolds gets resurrected. Yeah, it turns out Pikachu it turns out Ryan Reynolds was Pikachu's dad all along or whatever. Yeah, I would have preferred if it had been like originally I told you to bring me the sun so I could revive you. But it has been too long. When you ran away, your body continued to degrade, and now you will eventually fade away. It's like leaving nothing but the original Pikachu. Yeah. I told you to get the sun. Now here's what's left of your body. It just dumps out a corpse, just like horribly rotted and bloated. Just like I think that ending would have been way better and way darker because that way we still get we get Ryan Reynolds teaching his son like, look, I can't be a detective anymore. But you can be, so I can teach you, and then when I'm gone, Pikachu will be your partner. And instead we get, yeah, my boy, let's have that catching up that we didn't have for the past decade. <laughs> I'm a father now. But anyway, uh, yeah, and yeah, like, so I think we kind of buried the lead on that a bit of like talking about it slightly, then never getting the full ghost, and then just getting to the end and going like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu. Like, Ryan Reynolds is fucking his dad. But anyway. Yeah, so... It's like, when I, when we started like watching the movie, I had that thought of, hey, Pikachu's gonna fucking turn feral, and then fucking the power of friendship's gonna bring him back. But then the fucking second, they were like, hey, here's Tim's dad. And then they show no defining characteristics. I'm like, ah, oh, bitch. Oh, yeah, no. Totally obvious. It's like, ah, oh, beans. That's fucking Pikachu, Like, let's never see even a profile. Yep. Nope. And what, what does he look like? Hey, you can't know. You got, you got like a He's basic a white guy. You got like a basic height, kinda. Did you ever see his hair? No. Ever see his body? No. Ever see his face? No. So it's Ryan Reynolds. No. The only time we see him is uh, wearing a bulky ass coat. Yeah, bulky ass coat. Beanie. Bulky ass coat and a toque. Yeah, pulled all the way down so you can just barely see a little bit of neck, flesh, and hand. Yeah. It's so you know basically a balaclava. You know he's a white guy. That that's that's, that's it. Ryan Reynolds. That is it. <laughs> Like, I was sitting there like, is Ryan Reynolds going to be the dad? Ryan Reynolds is going to be the dad, isn't yep. he? And that's why they can talk, because Mutu is fucking mind bullshit. Or a father-son connection? That, was, that, was, that wasn't really explained, I don't think. No, it wasn't. It's the power of love. The thing that drives all Pokemon, including horrible violence. If you can't tell, I loved this movie. I thought it lot. was okay. <laughs> I loved this movie a lot. It, it, it kind of broke me out of a funk of not wanting to go see movies yeah. in the theater for a while. Um, thankfully, there are other movies that are coming out or in theaters right now that I'm probably going to be like, Wife, let us venture forth and view. Come, woman, it is time to sit in very crusty chairs in a theater full of people who don't deserve to be in a fucking theater. Come, let us go watch a film with a bitch in front of us looking at a phone the entire time so that you tell me to go tell her to turn it off. And two rows behind us, there will be children throwing popcorn at everyone. Oh, man, fucking, um... What movie did I go see with... There was a movie I went to go see a little while back, and this, like... We were, like, I know we were in front of these people in line, 
because I saw them get into line behind us. And we took back row, back fucking corner, where no one would bother us. You wonder where they fucking sat? Right next to you? Right behind us. What? And there were children kicking my seat. So I had to turn around and say, hey, could you please stop your child from kicking my seat? It's disrupting me. And I would hate to have to go get a uh, usher. I, I felt like a dick, but you sat behind me. And that, my friend, is why I always sit in the disabled seats at the very, very back of the theater. Well, I can't do that. Here you can. If there's no one with a disability, you can sit there whenever you want. No, I can't because what if they roll up? Then you leave. <laughs> then I feel like a dick as I walk away. Also, in uh, the theater I go to, you have to pick your seat af- ahead of time. Ah. So. But anyway. So, yeah. I love Detective Detective Pikachu. The best part is, like, the theater I went to was giving away Pokemon cards uh, to kids. And one of the kids had gotten a Bulbasaur and thrown it on the floor. And Bulbasaur is my wife's favorite Gen 1 Pokemon. So I saw it and picked it up and handed it to her and it just made her fucking weak. Yeah, I... <laughs> I was given one of those Pokemon cards. I didn't open it because I don't give a shit about Pokemon. And tossed it. It was a great movie. It was, yeah, it was a, I'm not, I'm not trying to like fucking dissuade anyone by saying, this movie fucking sucks. No, it was a good movie. It had some significant problems for me, but I still overall enjoyed the movie and can recommend it to people. It's a great Pokemon movie, a mediocre detective movie. There we go. It all depends on what you're there for. I was there for a movie and just happened to find a kind of all right detective movie. Caveman likes Pokemon. Pokemon. No, it's, it's too in tune. Look, it's sued. Oh, you're my best friend. I will mute you. <laughs> I've still got my recording. Yes, and I edit it. Damn. <laughs> Like, if you were the editor, that'd be one thing. But now, nah, bitch, it's my show. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. That's that. Uh, last new thing I have to talk about, I guess. Uh, Lucifer's back. Yay. I like Given Lucifer. the state of the country, I'm kind of confused you ever left. <laughs> yeah, nah, that, that, is a, that is an insult to Satan. No, it's really not. Like, right now, he's pulling off some of his best work. Anyway, Lucifer, the TV show. So, uh, for those who know, this show was originally on Fox. We ran for three seasons. Uh, three really solid seasons. And then Fox canceled it because they're idiots. Standard. Yeah. If you want a show to run, don't put it on Fox. Yeah. So then, after a couple months of shopping around to different networks, as well as the fans having a, having a global Save Lucifer hashtag trending... Series is picked up by Netflix. That is a weird hashtag. I know. This entire fucking the existence of this fucking show is weird. Like the fact True. that the fact that Fox, fucking Fox, put out a show and let it run for three seasons where the devil was the good guy. No, uh, Fox does that kind of shit all the time, so that their Fox News block has something to complain about. <laughs> They're fueling the. You fire. think I'm joking, but I'm serious. <laughs> Fox the, Ch- Fox the Entertainment Channel consistently puts on shows that Fox News would hate. 
Yeah, they're in collusion with Million Moms. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so, season three. Uh, it ended with a fairly big note. Uh, that is that after three fucking seasons, Chloe, the detective, who's the main character, who's what the second ma- secondary main character of the show, finally finally learns that Lucifer is for realsies the devil. Because the running joke of the show is that Lucifer tells everyone that he just straight the devil, and no one believes no him one believes because them. why the fuck would he? But then they see his devil face and they're like, "Oh, bitch, you're real." Uh, but yeah, so Chloe had been. He had been saying, like, hey, I'm the devil the entire time. She's like, yeah, okay, cool. And then at the end of season three, he kills Cain. And Chloe sees that he is, for real, he's the devil. And is like, oh, bitch. And so on the lead up to season four, I was genuinely worried they were going to back out of that. Like, that is, I have so little faith in TV that... That was a genuine fear of mine that they were going to continue the will they won't they by just like, oh, she fucking passes out and has memory loss or whatever. Oh, no. But no, they go with it and build on it. And it's fucking great. So the story picks up, uh, season four picks up a couple of months after uh, the end of season three. Chloe uh, left the country. Just couldn't handle it. And I was like, okay, I need to leave. And Lucifer spends all that time drinking and playing sad songs at the piano. And then occasionally showing up at crime scenes to see if Chloe's back. Uh, he shows up at one, and this time, Chloe is actually back. I was like, holy bitch, you're back. Okay, are you cool with this? She's like, yeah, yeah, okay, oh, cool. And then, surprising, uh, Chloe actually went to Rome to go visit the Vatican to join forces with the priest to help banish Lucifer back to hell. That lasts a total of four episodes because she realizes, oh, wait, Lucifer is a person and actually like a good character and I kind of like him. But Lucifer finds out about it by that point. And so, sense of betrayal as the relationship actually, it, it is actually doing things. Yes, they're keeping it well, they won't they, but they are actually having forward momentum in the story and their character development and holy shit. Do you know how fucking rare that is? Ugh. Man. I should not like Lucifer this much. Like, the show or kind of the concept of the... The show or, like, the concept of the show or concept of, like, you know, the devil. But no, it's... (laughs) It's continuing to be just really fucking good and interesting. And I'm okay with that. And there's like straight up fallout from all fucking sides. Like like one of the weirdest relationships in the show is uh Maze, uh Mazikeen, a demon that Lucifer brought with him from hell, who was actually forming like a really strong bond with Decker's daughter. And they had a falling out at the end of season near the end of season 3. And so she is and so uh fucking Ma- Maze had spent the last fucking like month in universe terrified that this child hates her now. And when and when they come back, she's like, hey, I want to go fucking talk to Trixie. And Chloe's like, eh, maybe not the best idea. Uh, she's still kind of raw about your falling out. But then she ends up meeting her by accident at the fucking police station. And turns out, Chloe just straight up lied to her. 
she she lied about them still having fucking friction to keep Mays away from her daughter. Because shockingly, a mom is not super jazzed about her about her daughter being friends with a literal demon. Okay. Yeah, it's it's neat. And then, like, continuing on with that Maze thing, there's also now a weird new relationship developing between Maze and Detective Douche. A character who had, who started out the series as a corrupt cop, eventually got back on the straight and narrow, but then his, then, like, a person he got into a serious relationship with got fucking murdered, and so now he is falling back into the more corrupt side of things, and Maze is helping him. Okay. Yeah, and then on top of all that, there's a human pregnant with an angel baby. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Things are fucking... You realize what this is, right? What's that? This is charmed. <laughs> Only from the perspective of the demon boyfriend. <laughs> a little bit. But this is, like, well-written. With, like, good characters. Ah, oh. yeah. I will say the uh, main thing that I'm not super jazzed about for this season is what they're doing with Amenadiel's character. And Amenadiel is uh, is uh, Lucifer's one of his angel brothers, kind of the main one. And so he's spent the last three seasons essentially falling from grace. Like he got in a relationship with a demon. He's starting to get more and more human. And for a chunk of like season three, he actually straight up didn't have any of his powers. Like angels have wings and stuff. They're able to like slow down time and all this kind of other shit. His wings like straight up atrophied and decayed, decayed off his body. But then at the end of season three, uh, fucking Charlotte, the woman that Detective Deuce was da- dating, she gets straight up murdered right next to him. And then he grows his wings back and is able to fly her soul to heaven. And then he comes back and it's like, yeah, heaven's great. Just like I remembered it. Super, super good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay, no, it fucking sucks. I'm moving to LA. And so he's now living on Earth, but his main thing now seems to be, I am an angel living among humans. I must act, I must act accordingly. And the world just shits on him. Which I don't really like. Like DB Woodside as an actor, he's pulling he's pulling it off pretty well. He's still like a very fun, charismatic guy to have on screen. But just this whole arc is this whole like character shift for him is just kind of boring. Him playing like the over enthused dad is a lot more fun, but it still carries that same kind of thing of just like eh, I'm not really feeling this. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Okay, um, then I'm going to start with Alcoholic Misadventures number 17, Robin Hood. Now, Bertie came by the other night, uh, and he was like, I found something that you have to watch. I found it, and you have to watch this. And I was like, okay, we've got alcohol. I'll watch whatever it is you bring. And it was a Robin Hood movie. 
But it wasn't the one I thought it would be. You there? Dead, you there? Okay, I guess a bit of a ghost time here. Um, so this is uh, Robin Hood from 2018. Uh, starring, well, the only person that I can really say it's starring is Jamie Foxx. Yes, that Jamie Foxx. As Little John. So the movie starts in the Crusades, only it's being played like the Iraq War. And I immediately had a problem with this. Because they sent longbowmen in to a closed area, a small enclosed area. And they're sweeping the area with their bows instead of swords. Which is not how that would work. They eventually capture Little John. Um, and uh, the, like he like time goes on. He's like they they get him in the cell, and he's like, "Don't kill my son!" And the commander's like, "I'm gonna kill your son because I'm a dick." And all of this is just prelude. All of just is just pre-story. Eventually, uh, Robin gets back to his homeland, finds his 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 domain has been ravaged, and his house has been raided. And Little John basically confronts him and says, hey, I'm going to train you. And then it's just a Robin Hood movie. Except it's got all of these modern trappings, including making the current sheriff of Nottingham a young man who is heavily implied to have been raped by a priest. Yay, Catholicism. Uh, however, he is working with the Catholic Church... In order to uh, conquer England? Yay, Catholicism. This movie is... The actors are far better than it ever deserves. And yes, that includes Jamie Foxx as a little John. <laughs> uh. A Muslim warrior who got his hand cut off. And is now helping Robin because he has a life debt to him for trying and failing to save his son. Yeah, you know, life debt. He did debts. not try That's and succeed. He tried and failed to save his son. Yeah. That's how life debts work, right? Like, I didn't save my son, but eh, A for effort. So, Maid Marian is in this movie as well. And, like, what? everybody's so well acted. But the script is nonsense. Yeah, yeah. The I've, script is genuine nonsense. I'm pretty sure, like, Bertie was live texting me when he watched this movie the first time. Well, we had alcohol when we watched it this time, so. Yeah. Get ready, because next time we watch it, there'll be microphones. What? I haven't seen it yet. Sounds like fun. Coming soon. But uh, I don't think it's on Netflix. Oh, we'll find a way. I don't want you to. <laughs> Life finds a way, my friend. I don't want to. It was only entertaining the first time because I was drunk. But this, the biggest problem with this movie is it really felt like the director either wanted to write Green Arrow 
or a modern war movie and got told, no, you're right in fucking Robin Hood, deal with it. Ah, like, oh, beans. Because it really feels like that. And uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, thank you. Yeah, no, it looks oh. it. It looks it. I... So much period inaccuracy going on that that pissed me off. Uh, they had technology that didn't exist for several hundred years. Um, but again, I, this is a point I'm going to harp on, at least when I was drunk. I don't know how it would be when I was sober. But when I was drunk, the acting was far better than this script deserved. Yeah, it Especially good. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx was brilliant in this movie. Yeah, like, the, the cast from what I saw is, like, a lot of, like, really talented actors. It's just... Like, I really feel like they got one script... And then, like the comp, the like the the like people couldn't afford that script anymore, so they hastily scrapped together a new script based on like a Call of Duty map. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is fucking dust from Counter Strike. I, I recommend this movie with a few drinks. I recommend this movie. With some assholes who'll make fun of it the entire time. I recommend this movie with someone who knows enough about the history to get really angry so you can laugh at them. Yeah. No, Dead, this is not a recommendation to turn this into a Let's Watch. (laughs) Well, from what you're saying, it sounds like. So, uh, Robin Hood. Not a very good film. At all. Nope. Get trashed and watch it with your buddies. Yeah. Or then get trash to watch with that, us. Then something that's really good. Um, it's been a while since I watched anything Transformers related. I kind of grew out of it when I was a kid. Mostly because I never really cared to watch it then. It was just filling a time slot on Saturday mornings. But I went back and I watched the first season of Transformers Prime on Netflix. And wow, is it actually really good. Like, I hope they put the second season up, because I want to see that. I'm pretty sure there's, like, three seasons of it or something like that. I am checking. But... Because I'm trying to see if this is the show like, that I remember. The first season ends on a dark fucking note, and if that's where it ended, fucking premium. But I don't think that's where it actually ended. Uh, yeah, so three seasons, yeah. I, I don't actually have much to say about it, because it's Transformers. Like, the characters are pretty much the characters you know from years of watching the series. Uh, the humans are human. Like, they, they, they do what the humans do in the series. Uh, including almost dying to give us that pivotal robots must protect humanity moment. Um, Bumblebee is a chirpy, annoying little thing. Uh... Though there is actually a moment that I really liked in this series, and it was when the mom found out. That happens in season one, and there's no magic mind-erasing formula. And that doesn't happen in a lot of kids' shows. In most kids' shows, the mom's memory would have been erased by the end. Yeah, like, like the parents... If the dad's there, he definitely doesn't know. But if the mom's there, which she usually is, yeah, she'll never fucking know. Even when she does, she won't know. I mean, fucking, um, Troll Hunter almost did that. Yeah, yeah, almost. Troll Hunter almost wiped the mom's memory, and that would have sucked ass. But, <laughs> but, like, unlike Troll Hunter, they let the mom know season one. They let one of the most important people to the characters know. Like, the other people's parents don't matter. 
but this one's mom matters, so good on him. Um, I love I love Agent Fowler. He's hilarious. I think his name's Fowler. Let me double check that before I talk out of my ass more. <laughs> Amazing wow, content for a podcast. What? Amazing content for a podcast. Both of us looking oh, up things on the up. internet. Hush up. You could have looked it up for me. I I was uh, going to, but then you just did it. Yeah, it's Agent Fowler. Um, played by Ernie Hudson. No wonder I love him. Uh, he's, he's absolutely hilarious, especially the stories he comes up with to try and explain away the uh, Transformers. Because like, there's this big government cover-up. So that the Transformers like aren't aren't known by the public, and I I love this. It's it's very well done. Um, I even enjoy this version of Megatron, which is a bit more crazy fanatic for a while. Um, Starscream annoyed me, but Starscream always annoys me because they give him far too high pitched a voice. Yep, that's that's what they do. That's Starscream. Yeah. Um. But I started watching this because I heard praise for another, a more recent Transformers cartoon. Uh, and that is Transformers Robots in Disguise. And I am loving Robots in Disguise. That's also on Netflix. Um, and it follows the story of Bumblebee. After he's like grown up and gotten a voice box. And his return to Earth. Because a bunch of... like. A prison transport, for some fucking reason, was flying nearby Earth and crashed down and was going to destroy Earth. Meanwhile, Optimus is in prime heaven learning how to save the multiverse? I don't know. Um, Sadly, this also only has one season on Netflix. Seriously, Netflix, get on that shit. I want to watch more. Uh, But we get... A whole new cast of characters to assist Bumblebee. Uh, Strong Arm. A police cadet who has all the trappings you expect. A um, Sideswipe? Who is a rambunctious youngster who just wants to get out and race. Who has all the trappings you would expect. And Grimlock. The best character. Me Me Grimlock. Oh yeah, Grimlock. (laughs) Me Grimlock. King Dinosaur. Uh, also, you know, Fix-It is a mini-con who is there to repair things and help out. And the two human characters. Who are the human characters? <laughs> I don't ever care about the human characters, but I don't think anyone does. Mm. But yeah, I... This one, it's a, it's a lot more episodic so far. But this is still the first season, and I'm about halfway through, and we're getting into what I would consider the meat and potatoes of the plot, in that we're starting to see the villain organization actually coming together, coming up with plans, and the heroes failing to stop them. Because that's always a really important moment for me when I'm watching a show where it's heroes versus villains. The heroes need to lose sometimes. Even if, like, it's not a full-on, oh, we've been pushed back to blah. Like, the heroes need to have moments where the villains get one over on them. Uh And 
it's it's really important to me because that's real life. And I, I like it when uh, I like it when shows do that because if you don't, then a kid's gonna get into his head that because he believes he's the good guy of his own story, he should just always win. And then you're just setting him up for that hard point in life where it's like I've lost over and over again. How am I supposed to overcome this? People need to fail. Yeah, and it's actually like that makes me think of a Simpsons quote. Um, Lisa just said to her father that she doesn't, she's never going to take a risk again. And then Homer turns to her and says, that's stupid. Take risks, even if you fail. Which, it sounds like a really simple concept, but it's so important to realize that that's how you learn. Yeah. By fucking up. Yeah. Look at my entire career with this website. Look at my numerous failed relationships. (laughs) I'm not happily married because I didn't try. And I'm depressingly alone because I don't try. You got to get out there and get a thousand girls to say no to you because one of them might say yes. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying they might. I'm already on Tinder. I'm pumping those numbers, dude. There you go. (laughs) You're swiping left and right all day and everybody else is just swiping left. Yep. You used your real picture. No one goes for the skull with the slight amounts of facial hair, dude. No, I used no. I took a picture of my face. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you actually look like. So really, yeah, no, I've never seen your face. Huh. Um. But uh, yeah, Transformers Prime and Transformers Robots in Disguise—they're both on Netflix. Season one of both. I recommend watching them. And then shouting at your television, Netflix, get me more of this, because they're obviously spying on us. Yeah. <laughs> they got them NSA taps. Um, I highly recommend them. It's the Transformers you know and love. If you love the Transformers, it's the characters you know and love. There are subtle tweaks here and there, but overall... like, I recommend Robots in Disguise more, because it has a lot of characters that are either just completely new, or newer takes on older characters. I, and I I really like like in this Grimlock is a Decepticon, and they've completely written, rewritten the way the world works in that Decepticons it's not an enemy faction, it's just what they call criminals. <laughs> it's just their the, their name like they brand the criminal and that's the criminal. So like, it's less it. so it's less civil war and more just fucking cops. Yeah, they're just cops, and like Grimlock's on probation. Well, okay then. And like he was in jail for smashing things. That is actually he's really Grimlock. Neat. Like that is a and, that is a really that is actually a really fun twist. Yeah, and they've got some great they've got some great concepts, some great execution. Uh there's an episode where Grimlock gets possessed and Strongarm is a bitch. Uh sorry. Strongarm is insistent that he's actually always been a bad guy. But everyone else is like, I don't know. Sideswipe's like, he's my friend and we're going to go save him. Bumblebee's like, yeah, I saw his rap sheet. He doesn't really like do the whole traitor thing. He's not smart enough. Meanwhile, human's like, guys, he's under mind control and he resisted <laughs> it and no one listens to him because he's the human. <laughs> yeah, I'll stay out of this meat bag. This is robot talk. <laughs> yeah, man. Also, his dad is super negligent. <laughs> But at least he's in on the he's in on the story. 
Like, it's not, oh, we got to keep your secret from my dad, guys. No, his dad, like, there's actually an episode where his dad's like, yeah, listen, it's, it'd be irresponsible of me to let you keep going uh, on missions, because, you know, you could die. And then by the end of the episode, he's convinced his dad, look, I'm going to do this one way or another, so you might as well have me with you. <laughs> and his dad's like, look, I made a mistake. Where you're going to get to keep going on missions. And there, there's actually a running gag where, like, his dad and his son will disguise themselves to try to, like, fool humans into not seeing the robots. And the best times are when they're like, and these robots aren't actually robots. They're a different kind of robot. Wink, 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 wink. And people just buy it and move. <laughs> Nothing to see here, just some paper mache floats. Move along. At one point, they literally call him a robotic zookeeper. Bumblebee? <laughs> they literally like, oh, our new robotic bumble, our robotic zookeeper will take care of this giant fuck-off Thunderhawk that's attacking. Oh, bitch. So dumb. Uh, it's VFX, Mysterio's here. Fuck off. Yeah, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this show, and it's definitely one of the ones that I'm going to keep watching. All right, then. The final one that I want to talk about, however, is one that I don't think anyone should watch, but I'm going to keep watching because I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, okay. It is a TV series so dumb that a parody has been made of it, and it didn't realize it. Have you ever... Uh, Dead Man, you've seen Supernatural, right? Yep. You remember the Ghost Getters, right? Mm-hmm. Those dumbasses? Well, I've been watching a show called Ghost Adventures. That is basically the real-life version of the Ghost Getters. Dust motes will float in front of their cameras, and they'll be calling the... Say, oh, balls of light are flying across the cameras! Oh, my God! Oh, my God. They refer to... Goosebumps, which you get from being in cold places, as sure signs of a haunting, even though one of the characters was just complaining about being cold. Yeah. And the funniest part is, these people seem to genuinely believe it. They seem to genuinely believe the bullshit that they're spouting. And it's hilarious to me. And before any of you assholes go out like, oh, just another skeptic, I believe in the paranormal. I believe there's too much evidence from historical sources citing experiences with the supernatural to just completely discount it. However, shows like this irritate me because it's stupid. However, however... This show is actually slightly better because they try and come up with legitimate explanations for some of the evidence that they find. And I actually like that. Like, they actually debunk some of their own footage by saying, yes, these lights, they're likely a car passing outside. I actually like that! <laughs> it's it's impressive to me that they're willing to be like, yeah, this, is pro- this part's probably bullshit, but look! The, this electronic voice phenomena, that n- it never sounds like what they say it sounds like either. Like, they'll be like, it said nine! I'm like, I heard one. 
It said leave. All I heard was. Oh, and the best part, they have this white noise generator that's supposed to allow the ghosts to communicate with them, but they're literally holding like a bare speaker housing with a speaker in it. So any slight squeezing or pressure will cause distortions in the sound. (laughs) And they immediately freak out whenever they hear the slightest. I'm just like, no, no, you're obviously accidentally manipulating it or intentionally manipulating it to make false readings. Yeah. And then... You, you're utilizing the effect that once a, once a thought has been implanted into your head, you can actually f- unconsciously force yourself to hear the sound. Be sure to check like out the, Zach Baggins' uh, Haunted Museum. Yanni thing, whatever. Yeah, sure, be sure. I never actually heard that. So sure, check out Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum and his new movie, Demon House. Uh, again, I believe in the supernatural. <laughs> These shows are hilarious to me. This is like ancient aliens bad. Did you ever say what about the cops? This is like, yes, and aliens built the pyramids, and the proof is that even though we had the technology, we didn't have the technology. Did you ever see the one about the about the cops hunting ghosts? Yes. Yeah. Fucking ghost cops or whatever. These are these all of these shows are measures and above stupid that are designed to cash in on the people who believe in the paranormal, but are too lazy to do the research. And if you're getting mad at me, you're one of those people. Do some (laughs) goddamn research. Because you'll find out that most of the machines that are used to get electronic voice phenomena are discounted by anyone who's actually reputable because they are practically designed to pick up stray frequencies from radio waves, from mishandling, and these people aren't putting them on surfaces to let them record ambient sound. They are provoking responses and then manhandling the equipment constantly. Yep. This there's there's no independence here either. Because it's not some guy going into a haunted house and then coming out and being like, this is my experience, and then having it confirmed by an independent witness. They're having the independent witness come forward and say, this is what I've experienced, and then going and have those experiences. They are seeding the information into themselves, and whether intentional or not, that is not how you conduct scientific inquiry. All right, guys. All right, guys. We're out in this fucking lav mic that I've been holding all night with no windshield on it and fucking shaking it around the entire night. Let's see what noises we hear. <laughs> oh, my guys, out, demon. And that's the other thing. They yell what they heard first so that their friends can concur. Yeah, it's just, it's like. He said leave. Y'all hear that, right? I'm right. Yeah, I don't. No, dude, I totally heard leave and fuck you. And that's what they said (laughs) the ghost always said. Yeah, this is what the ghost always says. Fuck you, Dan. (laughs) The camera guy's like, what the shit, dude? That's another thing. Like they like all of these shows also are like we have no crew, no cameramen. It's only us. I'm like that's so that no one can come forward and say you're full of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if, you keep, if, you keep, if you keep the fucking like or, if you keep the organization small, then no one can fucking know about what about the horrible shit that's happening. Why do you think I only hire like seven people? Save us! <laughs> Your souls are mine. But yeah, uh, Ghost Adventures is terrible. I love it. <laughs> Alright then. Uh, so it does probably watching then. On to news. So first up, uh, the weirder of the two pieces of news. 
that I got this week. Uh, so Chris Rock, you know, comedian, comedy funny man, uh, is working with Lionsgate to relaunch the Saw franchise. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lionsgate is working with Chris Rock on reimagining and spinning off a franchise of fucking Saw. Okay. Yeah, with the new thing uh, set to come out uh, the week before Halloween in 2020. According to a statement released by Lionsgate, when Chris Rock came to us and described in chilling detail his fantastic vision that reimagines and spins off the world's most notorious jigsaw killer, we were all in. Saw is one of the highest grossing horror franchises of all time, and it's one of Lionsgate's most successful film series. This upcoming film will will still be as mind-bending and intense as all the previous Saw films. Chris conceived this idea, and it will be completely reverential to the legacy of the material while invigorating the brand with his wit, creative vision, and passion for this classic horror franchise. Nope. (laughs) I'm a fan of Saw. No. So, the the screenplay is based off of a story by Chris Rock written by two guys, Pete Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. Uh, with Darren Lynn Bowsman, uh, the director of three of the eight films in the Saw series, coming back to direct. So I guess we'll see how this goes. Speaking of, we'll see how this goes. Uh, Robin Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. You know that one? Yes. Yeah, he's Batman. Yeah. Look, after the last time the internet shit itself over the new Batman, I'm willing to give anybody a chance. Yeah, no, like, I, like, our Pattinson, he is a good actor. Like, just straight up a good actor. I've seen him in a couple things, like, outside of fucking Twilight, and he is great in all of them. Like, he is a solid actor. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's still from the same people that brought us the other stuff. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I'm going to hope that it's going to be, like, Aquaman levels of entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that actually kind of been floating around uh, that people are hoping for is that uh, this, is that Robert Pattinson will be playing uh, Terry McGinnis. And that'll be Batman Beyond. Just because. That'd be interesting. Yeah, well, because A, it's a thing they haven't done before, uh, but B, uh, it's also a, the, Robert Pattinson is a bit young looking. So having, him, so having him be a younger Batman to a older, more fucking grizzled, like, yeah, fuck you, Batman. Uh, that, that's, that seems like a more interesting idea and a better use of the cast they have. Uh, one thing that is a bit weird, though. Um, He'd actually make a decent Terry McGinnis. Yeah, no, he's yeah, right. He's just about the right age range. Yeah, maybe age him out of high school and into like college. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be all right. Uh, but yeah, so one thing that is a uh, one thing that I just kind of read. Uh, 
So I haven't really been paying attention to the new Batman movie just because I don't care. Because it's the DC Cinematic Universe. I don't give a shit about it. Uh, but so according to this website, we got this covered. I do not know if this is confirmed anywhere else. But this website is reporting that the Batman movie uh, will be featuring six of Batman's villains. Oh, no. Yeah, with uh, some of the people being some of the people being listed in this art- article as um, Penguin, Catwoman, The Riddler, Bane, and Scarecrow. Well, can you say no development? Yep. And you know who the sixth one's going to be. Yep, it's going to be Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's going to be the Clock King. Nah, son, the Clue Master. No, the Condiment King. Kite Man. Mr. Calendar. <laughs> Maxi Zeus. Oh, God damn it. Stop doing this. <laughs> it's going to be the Court of Owls. That would be awesome. It would be terrible. It would be awesome. I hate- I've grown to hate the Court of Owls. Damn it, I know so many fucking obscure Batman villains. Why can't I think of the names of any of them? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, The Batman. Uh, scheduled to start filming this November with uh, the with the release date being June 25th, 2021. We'll see how this goes. Those are for news. New releases, wise. No, I'm still thinking of obscure Batman villains. Give me a minute. This week, week of May 24th, we have Brightburn, the Superman horror movie, which looks neat. Also coming out this week, Aladdin, which doesn't. Just any of it. Just just no. Just stop, Disney, please. I'm curious about it. It actually looks like it might be good because it looks like it was done in the Bollywood style, which would be great for Aladdin. Would be great for Aladdin. Um... Yeah, hundred percent. Just no. I. I am very much. Uh, I very much of the mind of the old movies are fine. Just don't. Like it's probably a fucking, probably not a great fucking move or a great like position to have in terms of why I don't think this movie should be around. Oh, but. I know Scarface. It'll be Scarface. That's who the villain will be. The puppet. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Now nah, suddenly it'll be Man Bat. Man Bat's not obscure. <laughs> How many fucking people? If you were to go talk to people and say, hey, who's Man Bat? Man Bat's not obscure. For us. Man Bat is not obscure. Okay, fine. He's going after the second ventriloquist. The one who's a lady with psychic powers. Ah, fuck you. (laughs) Fine then, it's baby doll. (laughs) I think that's what, I think this is just dissolved into who knows the most obscure Batman villains. Tiger shark. Polka dot man. Spook. Ooh, 
Yeah. yeah. I don't even I don't know who the <laughs> fuck that is. <laughs> uh yeah, he is a he is a villain who first showed up in the 70s. He was an escape artist and hypnotist who was killed by Damian Wayne. Fine then. Crazy quilt. Ogre and ape. Are you just googling them now? I have a list. God damn it, dude. I'm actually trying to remember these characters. Yeah, I gave up. I just realized that you were fucking, like, you were reading off a wiki article. It's Johnny Warlock. The film freak. Firebug. A different... A different fucking... Fame, no, given the villain. given the way the world is right now, it's going to be KGB. <laughs> It'd be Deacon Blackfire, a religious fanatic who forms an army of homeless men underneath the streets of Gotham. It's going to be the music maestro. It's going to be Doctor Aesop. I'm still doing this from the top of my head. <laughs> I just want to say this. You know, Aesop, you know, Dr. Aesop Rock will come in with fucking like very intricate bars. That's enough of that. It's like I said, uh, bright, uh, bright burn, which fuck. It looks so cool. I fuck. I want that movie to be really good. Yeah. It looks really cool and really dark. Every time I see the trailer, I get confused. It's like, because I'm like, oh, why are they putting out a new Superman origin story? Like, oh, wait, And then right. it's like, it's fucking, um, oh, God, my brain just debooted, like, hard. <laughs> debooted um, started playing a song. That was my phone trying to ring. <sighs> but no, like. Every time I see the trailer, I'm like, why are they? Because it, it looks like the Superman opening. No, that's the point. Anyway. Next week, then. Uh, we got Godzilla, King of Monsters. Mm. I feel like I should be more interested in this than I am. Because it's like this fucking massive budget Godzilla movie. Uh, it seems like Godzilla. Super excited it seems like it. Godzilla is going to be like in it. Actually, I'm super excited for this because big screen Godzilla movie. Yeah, and then uh, what else next week? Uh, the fucking Elton John biopic. Whoa! Because I guess Do you guys like Taron Egerton. Who? Robin Hood. The kid who played Robin Hood. Oh. Sorry, not kid. Guy who played Robin Hood. He was also in Kingsman. Oh, okay, yeah. Not, like, it took me a second to <laughs> be like, should... oh, you're talking about the Robin Hood movie I was talking about. Yeah, of course it fucking was. Yeah, no, he was great. He was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and he's, and he's Elton John. And cool. currently on Tomatoes, Rocket Man is his highest rated movie of all time. Say, good on him, I guess, for fucking... Getting out there, getting roles, doing work. Ah, 
That's gonna be it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. I'm fucking hungry. I'm boiling over, so I need to go fix my AC. Alrighty. Uh, we'll be back at some point with more of this shit. Until then, though, I'm dead. And I'm Cave. And we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. Yeah, me.